reading from the ninth chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with the first verse. As Jesus walked along, He saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked Him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So again they said to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been born blind. And they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, 
What did He do to you? How did He open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become His disciples? Then they reviled Him saying, You are His disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, or are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sinned. But since now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. I wonder how it could be that a group of people, especially a group of religious teachers, who are lovers of God and so enthusiastic about being faithful to God in all things, could see this much mercy poured into a blind man's life and find no joy in it. Zero joy. Some of them are even angry about it. They drove him out. How in the world could they respond with no joy? Perhaps they simply did not believe that God is merciful, especially on the Sabbath. Or maybe they were convinced that God could only be merciful in ways that they expected. Maybe they believed that God could only act in ways that are within the boundaries of their thinking and their rules. Kind of like when somebody says God can't do something that's not in the Bible. As if the Bible is greater than God. It seems to me that the Pharisees' objections are basically twofold. First, that God would not heal this man on the Sabbath if it required someone to do any work at all. That God would not require work on the day of rest. The sacred day of rest that God gave to us. Second, they seem to convince that God would not use one sinner to give mercy to another. You see, in their eyes, as soon as Jesus made mud on the Sabbath, He was a sinner. 
The story is told in three of the Gospels of Jesus' disciples being hungry and walking through a field plucking grain, plucking the heads of grain as they walk and rubbing the grain in their hands to make the chaff fall away and eating the grain. And some Pharisees who saw it and cried out against it, they criticized Jesus and His disciples and said to Him, Why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Does it sound familiar? By plucking the heads and rubbing the grain, they were doing work. And work was forbidden on the Sabbath. And so Jesus said to them something that's very important for all of us to hear because I'm working on the Sabbath, at least the Christian version of it. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for human beings. Not human beings for the Sabbath. We were not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for us. And Jesus went on to say that He was Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for us. The day of rest is a mercy of God to us. The Sabbath was given to us as mercy. Now maybe that's too strong of a criticism of them, but it does seem that they were really angry to hear that Jesus had dared to make mud on the Sabbath by rubbing mud and spit in His hands, that He dared to expend the effort to spread the mud on the man's eyes and do work on the Sabbath. And after hearing the formerly blind man's story, some of them said about Jesus, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. How in the world could the people of God be so void of joy? How could we be so void of joy as to say such a thing? But to be fair, some of them pushed back against the others. And they said, yeah, but how could a man who is a sinner perform a sign like this? In Matthew's recollection of the grain story, Jesus quoted the prophet Hosea. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. I think Jesus' words apply here in this story as well. If they had been in contact with the heart of God, that God desires mercy above everything else. Perhaps, perhaps they would not have condemned the man and Jesus and perhaps we would not be so fast to condemn our neighbors. Because of their perspective as God, as a rule-bent bean counter, some of the Pharisees could see no joy in what had happened to the previously blind man. A man who had been unable to see for his whole life was suddenly able to see. And they're mad. I read somewhere that when a person gains their sight, for the first time after having lost it for a while through some surgical procedure and some people even through accidents. That it takes them a while to process what their brain is receiving. To understand. 
what they're seeing. What if that's what it's like for these Pharisees? Rather than give in to the possibility of joy, they let their conviction steer them. Their attention's not on the mercy shown to the blind man, but the supposed wrong done by Jesus. Their apparent assumption was that the man was born blind as a punishment for sin, and that Jesus had interrupted that, and had interrupted by doing it menial work. Menial work. Jesus says this is not so. He says that the man was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. And I think particularly God's mercy. In verse 1, John said as Jesus walked along, he saw a man. He saw him. He saw him. He saw a man that everyone else had learned to ignore, that everyone else had learned to pass by, that everyone else had learned not to mess with, that everyone else had learned not to deal with, that everyone else had learned was a problem best to avoid. He was an inconvenience, a burden waiting to happen. Ignore him. Don't look at him. They all assumed that it was his fault he was the way he was and he didn't deserve their inconvenience. Either way, someone committed some manner of sin and now he was being punished. And why should they intervene in that? His neighbors had become so oblivious to him that they couldn't even recognize him just because he was now able to see. They were so oblivious to someone whom John calls a neighbor to them that they couldn't even recognize him. They had lost their ability to see. And Jesus saw his struggle and gave him mercy and people were angry. Jesus gave him mercy. And he could do nothing to deserve it. Hearing that, why would we ever assume that God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is oblivious to and our hurts. Why would we assume that Jesus doesn't care about us the way He cared about the blind man that everybody else was thought was a condemned sinner? Does God simply watch us as sin, death, and struggle consume us? Is the Father apathetic to our hurts? Or does the risen Christ meet us in our hurts the way Jesus met this man in His? What is your experience, dear one? Does God know your struggle? How would you answer those questions? Can we echo Paul's words from Romans 5 and say that we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, that through Him we've obtained access to the grace that helps us to stand no matter what, in the midst of our greatest struggle and the greatest darkness, no matter what may come, no matter what difficulty of life, that we can stand in the grace of God and know that there is hope. That we can boast in our hope of sharing the glory of a God who died on the cross. That suffering becomes glory when it's done for God. Can we say that we stand in the grace and hope that God's glory will be revealed in our difficulties and in our struggles? Just like that blind man 
Even while we're mired in sorrow, afflicted by pain, while we're torn by temptations, distracted by all the drama in this world, and our political idiots who are running our nation who can't seem to agree for a moment on anything good for us. Sorry, Lord, I said idiot. <laughs> but you get the point. This is not the time. Can we not all stand back together and agree that we're all suffering alike? We're not in one boat or the other. We're all in one boat and the thing is leaking. It is not a time to look at the other and say, well, that one is a sinner. No, this one is a sinner. No, we don't like that one, so we're not going to believe anything he says. Good Lord, help us. Can we accept that our suffering produces endurance in us? And that endurance will indeed produce character and that character will produce hope and that hope will not disappoint us because the love of God is being poured into our hearts even as we all suffer together. For dear ones, God is always being merciful to people who suffer. It may be the most important thing the formerly blind man experienced that day was seeing God's love for him in the face of Jesus of Nazareth. Knowing that God's love was being poured into his life as Jesus spread mud on his eyes. In the midst of our suffering, we can sometimes assume that we just deserve it, that God is punishing us for something that we've done. Can we put away our affinity for that inner voice of criticism that accuses us and simply bask in the mercy of God's love? It was while we were weak that Christ died for us. While we were sinners suffering under the blindness of sin and death. It was while we were weak that God's grace, mercy, and love met us in the birth, life, death, suffering, and resurrection of Jesus. It's while we are weak, while we were broken, while we were yielded to sin that Christ came to be merciful to us. Can we trust the risen Christ to meet us in our suffering now? In this same way that he met the man who was formerly blind. Can we trust Jesus to see us, to redeem our suffering, so that our life, our whole life, can be for the glory of God even now? Or are we going to run out to the store and buy all the toilet paper they have? And look out for ourselves first. Must we assume that our suffering is merely some vengeful divine punishment, that it's an end unto itself, that it cannot be redeemed, that it cannot be used for God's glory? Dare we trust that God's works might be revealed in the difficulty of our lives? Can we hope that God might use our hurts, our pains, our suffering to make us witnesses to the love and the faithfulness and the goodness and the mercy of God? I guess we could assume that God does not desire mercy more than the keeping of rules, that God does hurtful things to people to piddle around with their lives and punish them. We can join in that chorus of dissenting Pharisees and TV preachers who are preaching doom and gloom and telling us that we're all being condemned and shipped off to the ocean or some unholiness like that, being more concerned about the apparent righteousness and wealth of the nation than celebrating God's mercy that meets people in need. 
Jesus' words call us to something different. He calls us to have our eyes open so that we who are blinded by sin and death can actually see. This whole episode could have been a dynamic, holy, burning bush moment if the grumbling fellows Pharisees had allowed themselves to see the beauty of God's mercy at work. The formerly blind man acknowledged that the incarnate grace and mercy of God had walked into his life on a Sabbath morning, on a day of rest, and given him mercy, rest from his suffering. Remember, dear ones, God's grace goes before us. The provenient grace of God is always at work in us, pointing our minds, our hearts, and our wills toward Christ so that we can be encouraged that Jesus is already at work in this anxious time. Jesus is already present as we suffer and hurt, already making these days be for our good. I pray that He will open our eyes so that we can see Him at work and join in it. The man born blind was met by mercy. God desires mercy. In the midst of suffering, we can trust this and know that the day of rest is coming. So, dear ones, May our prayer in these days be simple. Lord, have mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.